Well, this has been a rich and full weekend um, going through Romans 12, getting down to the nitty-gritty, right, of authentic faith, of authentic Christianity. And, um, you know, we've seen that genuine faith is where we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, as the one who redeems us and fills us. Um, you know, we authentic faith in Christianity is saying, I'm a Christian, which we know that that word Christian means a Christ follower. So that means that our lives should reflect Jesus Christ and our faith. And you know, that's not just an expectation we have for one another within the body of Christ, but isn't that the expectation of the world? <laughs> I mean, when they hear Christian, they have expectations of us, right? That we should be different than the world, that our behavior and our attitudes and our mindsets um, are different, that our actions speak louder than our words. And you know, they may not agree with us, oftentimes they mock us, um, or they try to conform us, but when they don't see authentic faith being lived out, they are the first ones to cry, hypocrite. Amen? Today's culture desperately needs genuine, transparent people of God who are living out what they believe. Not perfect, right? I mean, that's a given. None of us in this room are perfect. I'm not any more perfect than you are. Not perfect Christians, but Christians being perfected by God. And we're promised that in the word, that it is a, a, a work that God is doing to perfect us. In other words, to complete us, to finish that work. And one day, ladies, when he comes... Or when we die and go to him and we see him face to face, we're promised that we are going to be like him. Doesn't that just blow your mind, just the beauty of that? Fully, completely transformed in our glorious state, no longer battling with the flesh and with this world and the things of it. Because this world is hard. And Jesus warned us, listen. There will be tribulation, there will be trials, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So we don't need to be perfect, but we should be being perfected through God, through his spirit, and through the word that Jeanette told, you know, it's the word of God. That's how we renew our mind. That's what is life-changing for us. We're told in Hebrews that it's living and it's powerful, Stronger than a two-edged sword. It goes down into our inner self. Those errors we don't even, even see about ourselves. The deep things, the hidden things. And it's the discerning tool that God comes and, and just opens us up. And sometimes it's hard, but it's so good. Because in that opening up and doing that work that he wants to do, it brings healing. It brings wholeness in our lives. 1 John 2, 5 says, Whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. 
So we have all this takeaway from Jeanette's teachings and the takeaway from Cheryl's teaching on prayer and the power and the tool that prayer is in our lives. And I want to encourage you this this spring and this summer to go back and read the entire book of Romans because we're literally like, it's kind of awkward to just plunge in 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 the middle of Romans. (laughs) And so it would benefit you if you took the time to read the entire letter of the book of Romans. So I challenge you to do that. But this morning, I want to shift gears. And we see that, yes, in our authentic faith as Christians, how we live it out. But I want to shift gears and talk about some of the inner struggles and challenges of our faith. So I've asked a few women to come join me. Go ahead and make your way up. We're just going to stand along here. And we're we're going to have some conversation because I really... Um, felt that the Lord just wanted us to do this and just end the morning with a little bit more transparency, um, deal with some of those things that maybe we're afraid to talk about or we're ashamed that are going on in our minds and in our lives because, you know, we're women of faith. We believe in God, but we these battles inside with, with faith, and I'm not talking about the saving faith. I'm talking about the the faith to believe the promises of God. I'm talking about the faith to stand upon his word and upon his ways. I'm talking about the faith to trust him and to rest in him when our heart is full of fear and anxiety and confusion and doubts. Faith to hope for things yet not seen when we feel hopeless and we're battling in that. Faith to live in the forgiveness and freedom that's in Christ. Faith to stand the test of trials and affliction. Faith not to doubt the love of God. Faith to stand when we're being tested by fire, to see the genuineness of our faith. Do you know, it tells us in the word, that God will test the genuineness of our faith. So sometimes we get confused by that because of the fiery trials he puts us in, the things that are unexpected that we would never think God would allow that in our lives or God would use that tool in my life. So we want to talk about that. So um, we're going to just have some discussion. Girls, help me out here. Grab a couple mics. Can we use these, shall we? We're really out of our comfort zone. This will be the only time you'll see this group holding on to worship mics, except her. Okay, I'm going to get out of the way here. Okay. Whoops. Turn it on, Denise. On the very, very bottom. On the very bottom. I have my glasses on. Okay. Hey. Okay. Let me get out of the way here so you guys can see them. Okay, so we're just going to plunge right in. And I'm going to start with Holly on this one. This is, okay, I'll give you a little, uh, Holly Nelson, okay, she's part of our um, women's ministry, counseling at our church, um, a lot of areas of ministry. Debbie Cracciolo, women's ministry, she actually oversees our Monday night women's Bible study. Mary Ann, women's ministry, teaching, counseling, and of course, Yvonne. So I picked these girls, just we served together. Wait, what happened? I do. Did I do something? I don't know. Okay, so. The famous Yvonne. Oh, yeah. The famous Yvonne, yeah. Yeah. The twins. We got the twins on the end. Okay, so, Holly, I'm going to start with you, and then, you know, others that you can pitch in, but I'm not going to have all of you answer each question just so we can get through some different topics. 
So, Holly, how do we have faith and trust in an unchangeable situation when God allows the one thing in your life that you never, ever thought he would allow you to go through as a Christian? So what do you do, and how do you think? Wow. (laughs) So, God allowed the one thing in my life as a Christian after being a Christian for many years, that I never, ever, ever believed he would ever allow in my life. And I had a choice. And it was a process. And I went to his word, and I, through the the help of the Holy Spirit, I self-counseled myself with the word of God. And one thing that I love to tell women is you have to think about what you're thinking about. And when I went to God's Word and what I was feeling about God and about myself with what He allowed in my life, I had to make a choice if His Word was true or if my thinking was true. And I lined up my thinking with God's word and threw out 110% of my thinking and took on his thinking, which made me know that he loved me and he wanted to use this thing in my life for his glory and my good and to help others. So let's be real. So how, how long was that process? I mean, I know you were in it deep. Like, like she knew when it was time to do the work. I saw Holly doing the work. But let's be real about that. Was it an overnight? Was it a, like... It's a process. I'm still in the unchanging circumstance. It hasn't gone away. It's still there. But like that scripture says right over there, I have greater joy then my circumstances changing. Girls, anyone want to add to that? If you feel like it. Um, I just think it's so important because we can get so tripped up in this area, huh? There's some of you, you're in horrific situations. You're in marriages that... That was not meant to be funny. <laughs> but right? You can't you can't get out, you can't run, you gotta deal deal with it. It's ongoing, you know, just different situations and some of them are alarming to us as believers in Christ. We we're doing it all right, right? We Lord, I love you, I'm following him, you're doing it all right. So why? So I think just a little more on that. What do we how what do we do with that thinking? How do we have victory in that? Yeah, just thinking about what you were saying, I have to look at what I said her earlier because I can't remember what I said. Um, but you know, authentic faith, having authentic faith isn't uh, perfect faith uh, at all. It's not perfect faith. Um, it's faith that's evidenced by progress, not perfection. And that is the way our faith is going to progress through, like Denise was saying, these trials. 
Um, it's simply a real belief and a trust that Christ uh, is this growing in us, this faith. Oh, hey, shut off. Um, but one thing with it, when you're going through it, and it's a circumstance that doesn't change, and like our sweet sister with the illness and someone, someone who deals with chronic illness and that kind of thing, hey, you know, I'd love for stuff to change. Um, I pray for stuff to change. I believe stuff can change, and I'm okay if stuff doesn't change because God is sovereign and God knows. But in those times of going through those things, um, knowing that, in fact, it is a process, you're going to ask why. And you're going to doubt. And sometimes you're going, do I have faith? Is this a lack of faith? That I have a problem with this. <laughs> that I doubt. That I have fear. That I have questions. And we were talking earlier, hey, Jesus had questions. You know, if this could pass. I think of, of prophets like Jeremiah and Elijah and Moses. And these are, we see these men and women in the Bible that struggled. And yet we would count them people of authentic faith. So so are you, so am I, when we struggle. But here's the, the key to the faith is remembering this. This was something that the Lord showed me through when I thought he was doing one thing and he did something completely different and I wasn't excited about it recently, was, you know, you wouldn't ask why of someone or you wouldn't ask for help from someone that you didn't expect to get it from. The fact that you're asking why the fact that you're saying, oh God, what? This is an expression of your authentic faith. You are asking the one who can do something about this. And maybe you're not getting the answer, and maybe it doesn't feel good, and maybe it's still the trial. But that is, I want you to be encouraged in those moments of fear that we see people in the Bible having, in those moments of doubt, in those moments of confusion. I thought we were here, and now we're here, Lord. You see this even through Paul's life in the book of Acts. We're asking the one who knows and who can do something about it. It's an expression of your faith. Don't let the enemy tell you you don't have faith. Don't let him rob you of your faith. And don't let him rob you of the hope that you have in Christ because it's real and it's true and it feels very shaky, but it can't be taken from you. Amen. Like for me, a situation happened in my family where I thought, there's no way. I mean, it just changed our whole life. And I'm just going to tell you, my daughter at 19 got pregnant. And she was in the church, everything, and it was like, that is a, a shaker in your life. And what, as a pastor's wife, I was like thinking, what did the pastor's wife mean to me? Is that everyone was, my life was open. And so it was interesting because God chose this one thing that is so visible that it's not a sin that you can hide. It's like... Okay, my daughter who's, you know, in the high school, now all of a sudden she's at church and her stomach's getting bigger and she's pregnant. And I just remember you have a choice to either cling to God or to go the other way. And I chose to cling to God and with the support of all of my sisters because, you know, it's a very um, humbling thing to have to be exposed like that. That, you're, that there's this sin that's so obvious. So There's sin. Everyone is seeing sin, but this sin is a very visible. And so you have a choice. Are you going to cling to the Lord and love and support, or are you going to be mad at the Lord? And it's a, it's a choice. And I will have to say that we were able to walk through this because of the friends that I had and because of the support and of, you know what? 
okay, we all make mistakes, we've repented, let's, let's move on. You know, who are we? You know, God doesn't look at our sin as, oh, you did this and you did that. Sin is sin. He doesn't calculate it. We're the ones that look at it and say, oh, wow, her sin's bigger than my sin, so I must be all right. You know, God doesn't look at it that way. So that's just, I mean, we need the support of our sisters we need that support. I know as, as our sweet girl was saying, the people were saying is that they're going to call you because now we need a connection. You know, we, we need to support each other. So that's, I mean, really one way of really walking in your faith, and it's making that choice. Amen. Amen? Okay, we're going to, yes, Sorry. go ahead. I was <laughs> one thing. No, no. Um, Jeanette said it last night in First Peter about suffering. And we, as Christian women living in this country that we live in, we don't really have a correct theology of suffering. And the scripture said that even if, even if you suffer, you are blessed. And when you guys drive home, do you really believe that? Or do you think when you're suffering that something's wrong with you or with God? He laid it all out. We have to line our thinking up with what he truly says. Amen. Amen. Switch gears just a little bit, but still on this element of faith. You know, we see all over the word how our faith pleases the Lord. In the New Testament, you see Jesus when he'd see someone, you know, show faith to be healed or to be touched, and, and it excited him. Like, he, he would acknowledge that. And oftentimes, in fearful situations, what does he always say? Oh, you a little faith. You know, don't be afraid. Um, so, Yvonne, so... <laughs> so my my question to you, let me find it. I don't want to hear your name said that. <laughs> so is it a failure of faith when we pray, when when we believe and we're praying in faith, but is it a failure of faith when my answer doesn't come? No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Um, I, uh, we have this tendency as people, and I think women, you know, we have this measuring, comparing tendency within us. So um, we're always looking out and about and seeing what's happening in everybody else's life. And, you know, if you're in a fellowship of faith, you've been, you're probably praying with other people for things or, or whatever. And um, so you might be experiencing the answered faithfulness of God in someone else's life, but you've had this prayer or this burden or this whatever on your, you know, before God's throne of grace forever and ever and ever, and the answer's not coming. And I would say there's two sides to this. One, have you framed the answer the way that it should be coming? Um, because... I wouldn't say that's a failure of faith, but it's what Holly is saying. It, that's just our thinking, and have we taken the time to stop and wait and pray and line it up with God's thinking? Um, and then I would say the other side of that is um, we just have to default to, and it's not that's not the right word. We have to be confident in the sovereignty of God. And um, you know, I, I said this to Denise too. Sometimes in these difficult times. Um, or just, you have something and you're really just praying and praying. And you have the faith that you know God can. I mean, how many of us, were, like, we, if we're in God's word, we are told again and again, nothing is impossible. He is able. I mean, 
that's not sometimes where we're, we're a little shaky. Where a little shaky is, but will be. You know, and that's, and I, I, I went through that. My mom was sick for, this is years ago, and a hard thing, and we are a very strong family of faith, praying, prayer meetings, fast, you know, all these, all the things that the word tells us to do to be in pursuit of strong faith, knowing his word and stuff. And, but we were like, but will he? You know, but will he? And I will say, yes. We asked, Lord, please heal her. And he said yes, but it wasn't the way that we thought. And it was a hard process along the way. And um, for, for physical healing, he, he gave her actually the better healing than what we were praying for, and he took her home to heaven, and, you know, she's having a great time up there, I'm sure, you know. But along that way, so many things happened in hundreds of people around that situation, and that's where we yield to God's sovereignty. And I know, you know, even after my mom was gone, my sister and I, we would, we would have sessions of like, where did we fail, you know, what did we do wrong, what, what happened, you know, or did we let dad down, we weren't praying enough, you know, or we weren't whatever. And um, I have to say, God was so good and so gracious, and it most of the time came through the people around me saying, no, that's a lie, don't listen to that. God was, God was working the whole time, from beginning to end, from the day before she was born. He knew what that outcome was going to be. And um, just, I mean, there were so many things that happened, but one thing I'll share with you, and this was just the Lord's answer to us as a family, at my mom's memorial service, 17 people got saved. I think about five of them were her medical, some of her medical professionals that had, they had come, they'd cared for her for almost a year. But anyways, and I remember talking with my dad and his grief and just really hard, and he said, you know, I hold on to this, this, this gift from God. If the Lord had come to your mom and said, I have a plan to save 17 people's lives, but you have to walk through this. Would you do it? And he said, she would not even hesitate. She would say, yes, I would. So, see, God sees from the top that whole situation where we just see, oh my gosh, we love our mom, and she's in suffering, and she's in pain, and she might be taken away from us. But was that a failure of our faith? No, not at all. You know. And then... I would encourage you to say sometimes when you're waiting in faith for answers or situations, sometimes you don't you don't get the whole picture till down the road. And some of us we're not going to get it till we get to the other side of heaven. So um, don't let the enemy tell you, well, it's not you're not getting your prayer answered, so you must not have very much faith. And I will caution you to listen to the winds of doctrine, the name it and the claim it and the Measuring of your faith in those circles, you, most of you probably know what that is, because it's very deceptive, and it will actually decrease your faith. It will not draw you in strong faith into the Lord. So, I talked a long time. Amen. Amen. That was so good. So, Yvonne, in talking, she mentioned comparison. So, I want to go there for a minute, because, you know, Jeanette, we're, you know, she's exhorting us in this body life that we're supposed to do. You know, you got to rub shoulders. you got to be real, right? We have to be authentic. We have to be vulnerable. We have to let each other into one another's lives. And so, as, as we're doing that, which we do, I mean, it's happened here this weekend. I get together with some girl. We're just chit-chatting. How are you? And what comes out? It's the things that we care about. It's what's going on in our family, what's going on with our children and, and in life. And, 
And oftentimes, if we're, if we're honest, there's this comparison thing that's going on where we compare ourselves and, gosh, you know, their kids are walking with the Lord and mine are not. Failure. You know, they're doing this ministry. I'm not. Failure. You know, I, they, they're married. I want to be married. I'm not. Failure. Like, what? You know, so those comparisons that then bring on jealousy and envy and and all kinds of stuff. So whoever wants to answer that, how, how do we battle that? How do we keep the balance where we don't just isolate and pull away because it's too, it just hurts because we're trapped in that comparison thing? Okay, so I'll, I'll just jump on right away and say, you know, in building your faith, there's so many great practices of building faith. But really the word is, is I, I think, the key and because I do struggle with a lot of those things. I was going to be really honest right now. Like, they're taking a trip to Israel in October, and I want to go. I'm and sorry. I'm... <laughs> and all my friends are like, we want you to go. And I'm like, well, God said I'm not going. So I'm just, you know. And I wasn't happy about it at first, but, you know. But then um, the Lord in my life, and this might be for your life, the word for me is remember. So anytime I start down those roads of failure or comparisons or jealousies, he's like, Remember the works that I've done in your life, you know. Is it Psalm 77? Yeah. I don't have my glasses on. Okay, read. So this is, this is the passage he always reminds me. Uh, starting in verse 7. Maybe more. Well, starting in verse 1. I cried, out to the, I cried out to God for help. This is, I believe, the NIV. It's what just popped up. Psalm 77. Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years long ago. I remembered my songs in the night, and my heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has his anger, has he in his anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your holy deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. And God's timing. And I am going to Israel, and my husband's going with me, and we're going on God's timing, not this trip. In faith. <laughs> She's believing in faith. Yeah, because, you know, that's, what, that's, that's a process. It's a crossroad, like someone was saying. You get to those places, you feel that failure, you make a choice. I'm pressing into the Lord. I'm getting the word in me. And God meets you there, and he's like, you're not going in this October, but you are going, and you're going to go with your husband and it's going to be in my timing. And don't forget that I know how to take care of you. And all of that, you're just, yes, your, your faith is building, your faith is building, your faith is building. So you have, a, you have choices and practices of building and, and pressing into the Lord for faith. The ho- holy, but, Can, but, okay, go ahead. Can I just follow one quick yeah. thing? Is, you know, this was a, something that I came across lately in the form of a question to ask ourselves in those things is, are you willing to never believe anything bad about God? Are you willing to never believe anything bad about God? That when that thought comes in that God is not, or God has not, are you willing to rebuke that thought and say, I, I will remember. 
I know what this says about him. I was so struck by that because our tendency is to see what we're not getting, what someone else has, what they're able to do, what we're not. God is sovereign and God is good. And in Psalm, I think it's in 139, all my days were written for me in his book before any of them were. And I love the thought that God has a day planner. It's probably not as pretty as mine. And my name's on the top of a page. And it's my days. His will, his plan, his purpose for me. And it is and always will be for good and for you too. So are you willing in that waiting to never think badly in any way about God? And just to, just to Amen. shift a Reach little in, in practically in my life, um, God has really shown me that I am to be very transparent. And I, I feel my heart beating, and I just need to share this. And this is something that, you know, I told myself, I'll never show that in a group, that I am a living sacrifice. So... <laughs> Years ago, um, I compared myself to all of you, and I would go home, and I would be like, well, I didn't get asked to be on that committee, or I didn't get asked to do this, or I didn't get asked to do that, and I'm being real. I lived this, and the Lord, as I sought him with all my heart, showed me I will never ever, ever give that to you. Because if I do, you will not need me. It was idolatry. I was thinking I needed something more than I needed God. And then I was like, okay, God, I don't want any part of any of that. (laughs) And he worked it out for his glory and my good. And yeah, that's the truth. And just a a word, um, an exhortation for all of us, that when you are in conversations with one one another, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, because we're just all about ourselves. So, you know, if I just start talking all about my kids and all the wonderful things going on, but I know my sister is struggling with with her situation with a child right now. It's, It's like that filter where... You just, the Holy Spirit's like, eh, you know, like taper that down or change, you know, like a sensitivity to one another. So, um, right? Do you get that? Like go into your fellowship with one another with a sensitivity where it's not all about you, but it's how you can love and serve. Weep with those who weep. Do you, have you ever wept with a friend? Have you ever wept with your husband, I'm not talking tears. I'm a crier. I, I, there's, I cry a lot. I have a lot of tears. But how many times do I weep where you are weeping for your sister, your friend? You're entering into their pain, into their sorrow. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Even if you're not in a great rejoicing place, you just, in faith, do it. Rejoice with them. Ask the Lord to help you to do it in sincerity and in true love. So we're going to switch topics because we are running out of time. Debbie Cracciolo, for you. Um, um, my question is, oh, it's a good one. Hang on a second. Uh, <laughs> What impact has years of consistent devotions had on your life? Say it one more time. 
What impact has years of consistent devotions had on your life? I would have to say just hearing what God says. And and it's kind of interesting. You can have, like this last summer, I went through the book of Proverbs. And it's like, I love when you can read the word and all of a sudden, wow, I read that a hundred times, but like words are just jumping out. And I think it's just purpose. I mean, I've had so many crazy things happen in my life with my with my daughters, with just so many things. And if I can't fall back on what God says, then I, I, I can't do it. And a situation just happened where it was a huge trial. It was, it was just a crazy thing. And I remember telling my friends, this is, this is a test for me. I, I've been talking all this stuff. I got great faith. I can do this. But now I have to walk it. And I have a, such a choice that I have to, I felt like I didn't want to be a hypocrite because the Lord was saying, you've done all this, so now I've, I've put you in a really, really spot where you're going to have to really trust me. And so I think that that happens. And, it's, and we were talking in our group too. It's like we learn these things, but if we don't put them in action, if we don't actually do them, I would say uh, faith has legs and you have to walk. I mean, you, you, you have to do it. And so I think that that's it. And I will tell you, I go through seasons, and don't beat yourself up. Oh, I didn't do it today, or we didn't do it at this time. I think so many times we put such a, um, like, I like to please, so I'm like, I'm not doing everything I should. And I think we get that way, where we're like, we start to get this condemnation on ourselves. I haven't done it. I think we're, we think God is expecting something of us. And really, he just wants us to be quiet, and he wants to pour into us. It's so many times we're thinking we've got to be doing this, and when we fail, we, we get shortchanged, and then we just get discouraged. And so my thing is just, just to press on, and just you just have to just press on. And God answers prayers. I mean, I'm just going to tell you that. Do I have two, two seconds to share something? Um, just an amazing thing happened, actually, as we got to this retreat, um, I'm not going to tell you who this person is, but something uh, has been struggling with um, just marriage and family and just their walks. Of, okay, it's one of my children, so I'm just not going to <laughs> But just praying for this daughter of mine, and she's just gone through this like terrible thing. It was one of those, Lord, how I, I've been, you know, a Christian all How did I get in? How, do I deserve this? This this thing that was just so bad, just like overwhelming bad. And it's so amazing is that I got this script, I got this thing, and she started going to Bible study at another church because she moved. She's got into another group. You know, she had gone to counseling and wanted this answer, and the woman gave her a different answer, and she's like, okay, thanks. You know, and so, but she proceeded to do what the woman told her. Well, she writes this and says, I, I, they asked me to share something and to be, you know, what did I get out of it? You know, what did I get out of the Bible study? And she basically said, okay, I am opening up my kimono. All this stuff is like bad. And as you read it, she goes, you know, I was in church. I'd go to church. But like, I just like went to church. And she goes, the Lord broke me. And I am at the knees of Jesus. I mean, for us to get that as one of our daughters, 
that we're praying, and she goes, that, you know, my situation hasn't really changed, but I know God is doing a work, and it's, you know, he's given me a love that I didn't have before, and it's like God did the work in her. And that's a testimony for us as we pray for our kids. You know, don't give up. Don't give up. So a key of that was for your daughter to actually not just sit in the pew and go Sunday, but to get involved. So Holly, I know you have a little exhortation for that, right? You lived it. I'm picking on her. Or someone else can. I'm just that, because Jeanette's talked about it. It's Romans 12. It's active. We've got to be involved. We've got to be serving. We've got to be using our gifts. So what, what do you say to the woman here who's just been sitting in church for whatever reasons, being hindered, whether it's guilt, shame, feeling not, comparisons, all that, what, what would you say to build her faith? <laughs> so I sat in church for nine years. I was there every Wednesday. I was there every Sunday. I was there Monday night in the women's group, and I didn't get it. And the reason I didn't get it is because I had no devotional life with the Lord. None. I just showed up. I wanted you to all think I was doing well. And I was a phony. I was a fake. And I went home, and I got on my face, and I asked God, if you are real, you have to show me. And I learned from him by being in his word, and I cannot say enough. So when you go home, do you walk in your kitchen and just expect that dinner's going to be there? <laughs> be nice. No. And if you do that, if you grab a piece of toast or a cracker or whatever, I mean, is that very satisfying? No. You have to prepare. You have to have a plan. You have to have a place. Jesus is our perfect example. He, he was God, and he still had a plan to meet with God every morning. And I'm not saying you have to do it every morning, but you have to have a plan and a place and be prepared. You have to have your spiritual groceries. You have to have your spiritual oven, frying pan, whatever you use to cook your gourmet meal. God wants us to feast on him. And when we don't do that, we're, we're starved spiritually. And once you start doing that, um, and here's another real quick analogy. None of us would ever dream of walking out of our house without putting clothes on, right? <laughs> Why do we think we can walk out of our house without putting spiritual clothes on? Because we're exposed. We don't know what the world, we don't know what's coming at us, but the Lord always does. And when we spend that time with him, we're prepared. It may not be easy, but we're prepared. And so that's what I did. And God started changing me. He started renewing my mind. I started thinking like him. I started wanting his desires instead of my own desires. They started changing. And you have to start there. And I know you hear it all the time. Be in the Word, be in the Word, be in the Word. We're all 
unique people. We all have our ways that we, you know, do things. Find what works for you, but be purposed and determined to meet with the Lord and have His love. Amen. And you might be saying, well, okay, I, I know all those, you know, but I still, I have little faith or have weak faith or, you know, whatever. So what does God's word say? It says that he is the author and finisher of our faith. So we need to go to him. And what else does the word say? Faith is a spiritual gift. You can ask for the gift of faith. Faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. So that's another practice daily getting up, asking for that filling of the Spirit. And then there's the account in one of the Gospels, and I'm, I think it's in Mark, where the Father brings the Son, and I think wants to be delivered. And, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, if, if you have faith, it's possible. And, and you know, and the, and the Father's like, okay, well, increase my faith. Yes, give me the faith to believe this. So I think so often we think we need to pull up bootstrap faith when Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And our first step should just be to go Ask to be filled with the Spirit. Ask for the gift of faith. Um, ask him to increase our faith. He's, he loves when we come to him. So just, just those seem simple things, but I, I know we don't do them sometimes. So um, just kind of as we're in, in, in devotions and in the word and, and knowing his attributes and knowing who he is, it's, it is easier to, to know who he is to come to him and ask for what we need from him. Amen. So this is a good time. I know all the pastor's wife, Cheryl and Liz and Abby would all say this. I would say this is if you and Jeanette would say this, she oversees her women's ministry is if you're not involved in a Bible study or a small group, the accountability, the growth that comes from that is so precious. So we would encourage you in that. Okay, lastly, this is it. So um, Marianne, so there can be a tendency for a lot of the women, you know, in ministry or a pastor's wife and, and see like this level of spirituality or impact that they can have, <laughs> but maybe they don't understand the impact that they can have in their sphere of influence. So can you speak to the women on that subject? I was just speaking to a woman about that. <laughs> and we were talking about things like this that were going, did she mean to ask us to do this? You know, and, and you talked to this, Denise, about, you know, perfection and giftedness. And, you know, the, the word of God is for his people. Not for those in, well, some of it's for those in certain roles and that kind of thing. But, but um, most of us are doing things we never thought we could do. Definitely, very often, don't think we should do. We're like, how could, I mean, really, if you've ever driven with me, you would question how spiritual I am. I do a lot of things in my car. And, you know, so it's, it's not to look at never, never. Okay, I told Jeanette this. Um, the first time I heard her teach, I heard someone teach, and we have amazing women teachers. Uh, but I heard someone teach in a way that it sounded like the inside of my head. And I went, but before that, I would have never thought there was a role for me in that or a place for me in that, an expression of what God was doing in me through that vehicle. I would have never thought that. And don't think it. <laughs> Just 
Allow the Spirit of God to speak to you and know that each one of us has a sphere of influence. I think about that, that the Mrs. Oswald Chambers book. She was a stenographer, such a practical skill. And yet today, over 100 years later, we are gleaning riches that grow our faith and change our lives that the Lord continues to use through. She would have never thought she had a sphere of influence that would last and last. And you do too. You do too. We, we all have that, that sphere. And um, don't limit yourself by what you want it to look like. Um, and don't quench the spirit from what he might do that you would never expect. Amen. Okay, we could go on forever, but we are going to bring that to a close. Did you enjoy that? Was that helpful? Okay, thank you, girls. Okay, um, I'm going to have Jeanette come back up, and we are going to end this morning in communion because it's so important, so vital that we fix our eyes on Jesus, that we look to the cross and um, partake together. Communion, sorry, we're dancing around one another. Um, I did have one scripture before Jeanette comes up. If I wrote it down. Yeah, I, I want to leave you with this scripture, Hebrews thirteen twenty one. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, in whom be glory forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Jeanette. Before we um, end in communion, I just wanted to encourage you, if you've never read um, Psalm 73, um, I want to have you open that real quick. Because we do often feel, feel like failures. Now, the psalmist, Asaph, writing Psalm 73, he was a worshiper of God. He kept records for David. He and David, in my opinion, were like this. He heard God's word spoken out. He wrote it down. So he knew it in his mind and in his heart, just like we do. But in this portion of scripture, we see him start to complain against God. He's grumbling and complaining because he's looking out in the world, and he's thinking the world has it way better than I do. Am I being godly just for nothing? You know, and he just starts grumbling and complaining to God. But listen what he says in verse 21, Psalm 73, 21. So this is for all of us when we feel like we are not close to God. Thus my heart was grieved when I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant, I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Forever. So we do feel like we blow it at times, but we've got to know that God will never let us go. 
And it's okay to go through those emotions. Just get back to the reality of who you are in Christ. Because we all go through it, all of us. There is not one of us in this room who's going to avoid the temptation to think that life is all about us at some time or the other. So remember who you are in Christ and remember what God in Jesus Christ has done for you. Um, As we wrap up this morning, um, I just want to remind you again that you will know how loved you are by your Lord and Savior, that you know it without a shadow of a doubt. Don't depend on your feelings. Depend on the word, the truth that God has revealed to you through his written word. Respond to that love by what? In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. What, how do we respond to that love? As a living sacrifice. And what do we do with that living sacrifice? What are we going to do with it? We're presenting it to God. We're going to lay it on the altar. Amen. Then what are we not going to do anymore? Conform. We're not going to conform anymore. I was so blessed to see how many of you stood up yesterday committing to God, not to me, not to the emotions of the evening, but you committed to God that you're quit playing around with the world. You are no longer going to conform to the ways of the world. Instead, you're going to be that living sacrifice, walking in his truth, knowing that you want to be pleasing unto him, and that is a blessing. So how do we do that? Transformed. How are we being transformed? Renewing of our mind, and how do our minds stay renewed? Amen. Right here. Mark it up. Mark it up and let it mark you up. Let it be the stamp that is upon your life, the written word of God, because then you will be able to glorify him no matter what goes on in your life. So as we are doing that, God has given his love to us so we can pour out to others, right? We are family. We are family. And as we're going to partake of communion in a moment, we're doing it as a family, as one. God is so good to us. I want to encourage you to constantly, as family, pray for your pastor and pray for his wife. I covet prayers from my own fellowship because sometimes it can get very hard to continue to go forward feeling like you're the only one standing for the Lord. So pray for them. Pray hard for them. Be there for them. Encourage them. Send them a note. When's the last time that you have sent your pastor a note of encouragement saying, thank you so much for rightly dividing the word, for not compromising on the word of truth? Do that. Bless them. You know, don't, don't be a pain to them. Scripture says that too. So don't, so don't be a pain. I'm not making that up. The, the word says that. So pray for them. I also want to ask you, to pray for my grandson. On Wednesday, he's having surgery. Um, This will be his second surgery that he's having. He was born with um, a little bit of deformities in his hip and in his knees and his feet, and they've already done the surgery on his hips, and it didn't work. So now they're going to, um, right above his ankles, they're going to cut both of his ankles off and then reset them. And he's only 11 years old. He'll be 12, but... um, His heart's desire is to play football. His younger two brothers are little jocks. They can do anything. And to be the older brother and to not be able to perform the way he desires to, it bums him out. But this little guy loves God so much. And when he was first going to go in for surgery the first time, 
because it was such a hard and grueling thing, a lot of pain that he had to go through. And we're all talking and praying, and are we sure you want to do this? Because there's, there's no guarantee that it's going to fit, fix the problem. And he told his mother, he goes, Mom, oh, Mom, what's going to happen if God calls me to Africa or something and there's no cars around? I'm going to have to be able to walk from village to village. And I'm like, to have faith of a child. So I just covet your prayers. Wednesday, he has to be at the hospital at 4.30 in the morning, and surgery is at 7.30. So his name is Jonah. And um, for those of you that know Jamie, that's her oldest son. And um, so pray for them. Thank you. Let's go on. If you were encouraged and strengthened by the Lord this weekend, I'd like you to open up your Bible and go to Romans chapter 12 and put the date right there. And if you can, make a small note to say what God has done for you during this retreat. And as you have that date in there and you are constantly in the word, you can go back throughout the years and see how God has allowed the truth of those scriptures to be birthed in your heart. And uh, you can kind of have a, a gauge. How am I doing? Am I constantly moving forward or am I getting a little stuck in places? And allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you again and to remind you of his goodness and his love to you as you do this. So um, I pray that as we go home, that we are filled with his love, that we remember that we are one in Christ, and that we will allow him to do the work that he wants to do in us. So let's look at the scriptures as Jesus was the one who set up communion for us. I'm going to look at um, Luke Um, chapter 22, starting at verse 14. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now I think that when Jesus Christ sat with his disciples, obviously we know because we we know were students of the word, that they didn't really get what was happening at that time. They have heard his voice. They knew that he has been saying these things to them, but it just didn't sink down into their heart. Well, later on, in Acts chapter 2, let's look at verse 40 to 42. Because as time went on, and the disciples finally understood what this meant, that God was giving up his son for our sins, his blood and his body being given over to us. As the church continues to get bigger, this is what is said in Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from the perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the Lord were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and prayers. So that's in Acts. 
So obviously the disciples were very good at proclaiming the truth of the gospel, showing that we need to continue to take communion so we can remember the work that Christ has done. Now let's go to Corinthians and see what has happened since that time in Acts. Pretty sad. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 32. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, he will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And Paul goes on to talk about people are uh, being gluttons. They're not showing love to one another because as we gather together in, in a home, people are fighting to get to the food and they're clamming their faces, just not being kind or godly or even really remembering the work that God has done. So Paul is exhorting them, examine yourself. What, what's going on with you? What are you made of? Are you really wanting to remember the sacrifice that Christ has done for you? And as he goes on to that, we have to remember that we are a child of God. And as we come before the communion table, we come to receive and to remember the amazing work that God has done in our lives. And there are times in our lives as well that we can come to the Lord's table without considering at all what work Christ has done for us, what it cost him to redeem our souls, to move us from a place of humble gratitude. We partake without a deep sense of repentance or thankfulness. And I just want to encourage you to ask God to make your heart thankful for the work that he has done for you already. I pray that during this time of communion, our hearts will be stirred and filled with awe that our sinless Savior for what he has done on our behalf as we prepare to meet with God at the Lord's table. Will you consecrate yourself as you examine yourself? Ask God to reveal to you, and I know we had an amazing time of cleansing last night, but sometimes there's still things that we like to keep way down deep that we don't want anybody knowing about. God already knows. And if you are being convicted in those areas, that you will offer those things up to him. Repent of those things if he brings conviction. Consecrate yourself and admit to any unconfessed sins. And remember that Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation in the Lord Jesus Christ for those who are following after the Lord. And 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the beauty of his word. So ask God to develop in your heart to be ready to confess your sins and then come and partake of the joy and the blessing of being freed from sin, being one with Christ and one with one another. To me, I think that communion is a celebration. You know, many times I've seen And I've done it at our own church. During communion time, we all walk around with really solemn faces. 
And, and it does, it breaks our heart to remember the pain that our Savior went through. But what a joyous thing that we are to partake of communion until he comes. That's a promise. We will be reunited in glory one day. We have the hope of heaven, and that is something that we should be joyful about. And as I've said already, this is a family thing, a family affair, as we partake of communion together. And if you are not part of the family yet, that means you are partaking of communion in an unworthy manner. But you know what? That can be stopped just like that. If you want to be part of the family, you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and come partake of communion and enjoy the same blessings that we enjoy. I just want to encourage you, if you choose to do that, please tell your pastor's wife or whoever brought you so we can rejoice with you. Okay? So we're going to take a moment. We're going to just have our hearts revealed before the Lord, speak to him. And then when you want to come up and partake, you take your elements, go back to your seat, and rejoice in what God is doing. Let's pray. Father, we ask, Lord, that as we um, allow you to look deep within our hearts, as we close off this session, remembering what you have done, rejoicing in what you have done for us, Father, may this just be such a holy moment between us and you. Father, glorify yourself. Remind us how precious we are in your sight. And may we remember, may we never forget the blessings that you have given to each one of us as your daughters. So go before us now in Jesus' name. Bless the cup, bless the bread as we partake on our own. In Jesus' name, amen. So one 
Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left my sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left my sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And Lord, we thank you for that truth that your blood is what covers us, Lord, that your blood is what gives us the opportunity to step out in faith, to open your word, Lord, that without your blood, none of this matters, Lord, that without your blood and the cleansing work on the cross, Lord, that we are left in our sin, that we are dead, and truly there is no hope. We thank you that you are our hope, Lord, and we thank you for the work that you've done, Lord, and we ask in faith that you would continue to do that work as we go forth. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. These gals have done such a beautiful job this weekend. Thank you, ladies. So I, pr- I could literally stand up for like a half an hour and thank a million people, but um, I will... St- oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I do, Jeanette, Denise, Cheryl, thank you so much for bringing the word. It's a high calling to teach God's word. Um, You get a huge target on your back, and you are often tested to walk through the things that you're going to share with others. So we thank you that you all have the gift of teaching and that you excel in it. And may the Lord bless you and continue continue to bless you. And I know Liz and Abby and um, some of the other pastor's wives also teach and and oversee. So, um, you know, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jeanette. Total blessing. Um, Sound team, these gals, you probably haven't even seen them all weekend. Shelly, Jackie, Jerry, they're all hiding. (laughs) They, They work all weekend long, and so we're blessed by their their hearts to serve. And we want to tell you, and it says in your programs, that all the teachings, after they have a little bit of editing done on them, will just be, they'll be available for free on the Calvary Vista website, and the link is in there, and you can just watch them, video watch them, or listen to them. We also have them, we'll get them on our podcast, so you'll be able to access that. And again, those what do they call them, addresses or links are in the, the program for that. And, um, you know, oftentimes that's, it's, it's good to go back. You know, I know sometimes, especially with, with Jeanette, I'm like, brr, 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 you know, and then I go back, oh, yeah, ooh, you know, take a look at all my notes. But um, saturate in the word, that's what we heard this weekend. So, And then, you know, we have a huge retreat team from all the churches, which is so beautiful to me to see servants from um, all the churches come together in different measure and serve and serve one another and help to to make this happen. We just couldn't do it without them. So yay, ladies, you all know who you are. Thank you. So um, we're going to say goodbye for now. And I know, proved sad. Um, And there's been so much exhortation to go from this place, you know. And I think that that's really, you know, we started um, Friday night saying we're going to get choices and we're going to get crossroads and we're going to have opportunities to respond. And so I encourage us all to to do that. And um, some of it's going to be responding within the, the body of Christ. And um, 
98% of you do not work at a church. <laughs> so um, you're going to go back out in the world. And it's a crazy world out there full of crazy people. We're crazy in the church. We're crazy outside the church, too. But, um, you know, you've been equipped, I think, very well. We've been fed very well. I mean, I'm not talking about the physical feeding we got this weekend, but you've been fed very well. So walk in it.